I'm going to go to John 6. Uh, if you've got your Bible, have you got your Bibles? This is something I say in Universal a lot. If you've got your Bibles, give someone a by five. I call it a by five. I normally say glowing Bibles don't count, but there's a lot of glowing Bibles on the front row, so they're going to have to count tonight. John 6. You'll be very familiar with this. Okay. Here we are. John 6, verse 5. I'm going to start up. And it says this. When Jesus looked up and saw a great crowd coming towards him, he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? He asked this only to test him, for he already had in mind what he was going to do. Philip answered him, it would take more than half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here's a boy, five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? We're going to come back to that in a little while. When I was at school, I'd like to say I was um, confident, uh, a bit confident, and especially when it came to sports. Like, I... I love sports, I still love sports, I've got a passion for sports, but when I was at school, like, I had this thing where I didn't think anyone could beat me at anything, and, and you know, God's knocked a few edges, Christian's knocked a few off as well, um, in, the, in the last few years, I mean, that was six, seven years ago now, but this one day, I had a friend called Michael, and Michael was really clever, like, we used to kind of battle it out in tests, but Michael, the thing about Michael was he worked his, his bum off, and he's actually in Oxford University now doing really well. But anyway, Michael was a um, badminton player for county. Now, I'd played badminton about three times with my mum. <laughs> and uh, my mum beat me like half of those. <laughs> so Michael's like, okay, we're in PE this day. And it, badminton was out. We didn't really play badminton in PE. And Michael's like, do you want a game? I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll have a game. So I walked into this game expecting to do pretty well, if not win. Um, so anyway... Michael served, and I'm, I'm waiting for the serve. You know how you do it. I've seen it on TV, like, like that. And uh, comes over, I flick it back. Michael smashes it straight at me, like straight in. Like I'm nowhere near the ball. So I'm like, okay, okay, fair enough. I'm just finding my feet. Shortcock, thank you. He serves again. I bat it back. He smashes the shortcock straight back at me hard again, 2-0 down. I'm thinking, okay, it's fine, it's fine. Like I'm okay. I tell you what, I'll play this clever. Like, I'll outthink him. I'll play it over his head. Now, Michael's six foot three. Anyway. <laughs> serves it. Play it up. What does he do? He jumps up and smashes it straight back at me. I'm like, oh, my word. It's fine. I'll play it short. <laughs> this is true. Like, this, this is true. Hits it again. I, I tap it. I'm thinking, yes, it's worked. Taps it back. Plays it back, he smashes it straight at me. I'm 4 0 down. I'm like, what the heck has hit me? I'm in this game like 30 seconds and I'm 4 0 down. So I'm like, okay, okay, I'm fairly light, I'm fairly fit, so I'll just work as hard as I can. So here we go again. Michael serves. I play it back. He plays it back. I run around the court. I'm like running like a headless chicken, like diving for shots, like playing it back. He wins the point again. I'm 5 0 down. And now at this point, especially then, I was like, okay, excuse time. Oh, I've got my football trainers on and we're playing badminton, so it's not going to work. Like, I'm feeling a bit ill as well. Like, I didn't sleep at all last night. Uh, I don't, oh, my arm's killing, you know. Those kind of things. Plays it again. 6-0 down, plays it again. I got smashed, okay. So I'm standing on this court, and 
I'm very aware of the people around me as well. <laughs> and that, I, I kind of pretend I won't bother by the end. I was. Um, <laughs> you can tell. This, this story is a long time ago, and I'm still hurting. It's all part of the process. Getting smashed on this court, okay, I have the realisation that I have nothing. I, I have nothing to beat this guy. Like, I have no ideas. I don't have the... I don't have the um, capacity to, to beat this guy. I don't I even have the p- capacity to draw with this guy. I'm nowhere near his skill level. I have nothing. That's the title of the first part of my message tonight. I have nothing. If you're taking notes, it'd be great for you to write that down. You see, I know that sounds like a strange story. You say, how does that relate? But I really feel like it relates to what Philip has been put through here. So just get the, let's get the picture in our heads. Jesus... He's been healing people. He's been teaching all day. They try and get away from the people. It's actually funny. People are trying to draw people into churches today, and Jesus was actually trying to get away from people. Anyway, um, just a point about how charismatic Jesus was. So all these thousands of people have followed Jesus. They're waiting for him, and the disciples are like, look, honestly, Jesus, like, there's a lot of people here. We've got to send, send them away and send them to get some food. And it says that Jesus had compassion on these people. And he said, Philip, I tell you what, you give them something to eat. Now, I feel sorry for Philip. I feel very sorry for Philip. It says there was 5,000 men there, which probably means there was 10, 15,000 people all in all together. And Philip is charged with the task to give everyone something to eat. Now, Philip's like, look, Jesus, I'm a maths guy, okay? It'd take half a year's wages to give these people a bite, like a snacker jack. Like, that, that, that'd only get them that. And they still wouldn't be full. So I don't know what I'm going to do. And then I just imagine like, Andrew walking up and he's like, oh, Philip, I have got the, honestly, like, I have got the best idea. I've got this little boy, he's got five loaves and two fish. Like, and Philip's like, five, five loaves and two fish? Are you, have you been drinking the wine from the, the wedding? Five loaves and and two, two, yeah, like this little boy, like he's giving me his five loaves, two fish, like, like, Andrew, are you for, for real? Look at the, the people, like there's, there's 15,000 people here. If it's me, like, like this, let me just put this into context. This is like Christian coming to me and saying, Josh, we've got a thousand people coming for a conference. I want you to feed them. And me bringing two kebabs. <laughs> That's what it's like. So if I'm Philip, I'm saying to Andrew, I tell you what, Andrew, go back to the little boy, take the food back, let him enjoy his dinner. He can share it with a few people if he wants to around him. I can't go to Jesus and say, I've got five loaves and two fish. I'm going to look stupid. So what I'm going to do is go to Jesus and say, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. You see, sometimes we come to things in life, we come to situations in life where it seems like the task is so big, where it seems like what we've been asked to do is so big, and we look down at what we've got in our hands, and it feels like we've got nothing. I mean, take this building, for example. Like we, we didn't have the money to do this. We, we've still not got the money in a way to do this. We've not got the resource to do this. We're not a church of one, two, three thousand people. In a way, it's, it's silly that we'd even think about doing this. See, in a way, we have nothing. The task is huge. But you look down at what you've got, and all you can really say is, I have nothing. I mean, 
I know in my own life, you know, when God's asked me to do things, I mean, especially with Universal and the meeting place and, and things in church, when he's asked me to preach and, and do different things like that. I mean, when I, was, when I was 17, 18, I didn't want to be a preacher. I thought it was a mugs game, honest. Like, I thought, like, the worship leader, I saw Joel Hughes, I was like, yeah, that guy's great. He's, like, traveling around the world. He's the best. I thought being a pastor was a, a mugs game, like, if I'm being honest. But, you know, God asks you to do things at times, doesn't he? And God starts to stir you in your soul. And let me tell you, when sometimes it, I, I mean, I, the place at Christian and Filler in at times, I can't even comprehend, you know, when, when mortgages are on the line and, and this kind of thing and they've got hundreds of people under the leadership because sometimes in leadership you feel so vulnerable. You feel like you've got nothing, like there's situations that need to be met and people who need to be saved and, and people who need to be reached and sometimes you look down at your own hands and you think, wow, I've got nothing nothing see I, I, I was kind of thinking about this and um, I think it's a it's a common theme throughout the Bible actually people who did incredible things for God at the start and on the way through tended to think that they didn't really have that much I mean I think about Moses in Exodus 3 I, I love it when Moses is just plodding along and and the burning bush appears and he's like oh my word this is awesome and I don't, that's not, that's a paraphrase. I think that's the message version. I think it's a message version, I'm not sure. <laughs> and God's like, Moses, I, I want you to deliver my people. I, I want you to be a mouthpiece for me. I want you to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. What did Moses say? Moses went like, yeah, honestly, like, honestly, I've been waiting for this moment. I am the, honestly, I'm ready. Like, honestly, I've been waiting. I've been like practicing, telling like a fake Pharaoh, I've been telling actually, like my dad, father-in-law, um, I've been telling him, like, let my people go, let my animals go. What? No, he didn't do that. He was like, no, what? I, I stutter. Like, no, this, is, this isn't for me. Like, God, honestly, take the next guy. Honestly, like, I'm, I'm not prepared, God, for this. I, I'm, I'm not ready for this. I don't want this. I, for this, a million people, more, I have nothing. Choose someone else. Or Gideon. Gideon, out in the fields, wars broke out, and he's just out in the fields and doing his, doing his little thing, and the angel of the Lord comes in Judges 6 and says, like, come forth, mighty man, go in your own strength, go in the strength you have, you see, and what did Gideon say? Gideon didn't say, yeah, honestly, like, I've been benching, like, 120, I am on it, like, I'm massive. He didn't say that. He said, like, honestly, my, my family's the least in all of Israel. And I'm the least in my family. I'm the lowest of the low. I, I've, I've got nothing. Please choose someone else. Or David in the field. The prophet comes and even his own dad doesn't believe in him. Like, his dad, I just imagine, it's like, his dad's like so proud. The prophet's coming round. All the brothers like stood in a line, like dressed a lot better than I would be now. And like they're all like they're in the suits and like prophets walking up and down like, no, 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 no. You must have someone else. David's out in the field looking after some, some cattle. And he gets anointed to be king. Do you think David felt like he could be a king at that time? 
He's out in a field. What do I know about being a king? I'm a farmer. I know nothing. Again, David, the, the least in his family. I'm not qualified for this. I shouldn't be doing this. Honestly, take one of my brothers. You could, I have nothing. I have nothing. Can I be honest with you tonight? Can I use you as my counseling session tonight? Is that okay? Sometimes I like to do things in my own strength. Because it's easier. It's so much easier. Can we, it's true, isn't it? We like to do things in our own strength. I, I'd love it if God came to me and said, Josh, I... Right, go down the street and pick up litter. For, it, for half... Well, not half a day, half an hour. And I'd be like, Yes! That's a job for me. I can do that job. Like, Yes, in my own strength, I can do that. Because the thing about it is, is we like to have things under control as humans, don't we? We like to think that we've got what we need for the, for the task ahead, for the challenge ahead. We like to feel like we're in control. We don't like to let the, 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 the wheel go of our life. The problem is, being a true disciple, being a disciple of Jesus requires us to be out of control of our own lives. What happens when God tells you to go and evangelize that workplace for him? What happens when God tells you to go and give that person a word or pray for that person? And you're like, God, like, if, if you don't come through, I'm, I'm going to look stupid. What happens if that family member's in a financial state, and like Jazz's challenges tonight, God says, go give him 500 quid. And you can't give 500 pounds. What happens then? You see, we like to be self-independent. Uh, self like, sorry, self-dependent. We like to have things all wrapped up in a nice, neat package, if we're all being honest. Problem is, God wants to take that package and throw it straight out the window. Let's go back to this story. Verse 8. Another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now that's a crazy statement. When I'm at my mum and dad's house for a family dinner and someone says, right, come and sit down at the table, I'm expecting food. Anyone else? I'm expecting food. So I can imagine the disciples being like, is this guy for real? We've got five loaves, two fish, and he's telling people to sit down. They're going to expect to be eating. Let's carry on. Make the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place. It would have been great for football. And they sat down. About 5,000 men were there. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks. Listen to this. I, I love how understated this is. You could go straight past this. Jesus then took the loaves, gave thanks, and distributed to those who were seated as much as they wanted. He did the same with the fish. That brings me on to the second part of my message tonight, the second title of my message. God has all you need. 
God has all you need. Say that to someone. God has all you need. You see, in the midst of, of the nothingness that was the five loaves and two fish, Jesus, without doing anything crazy, he gave thanks. The disciples submitted the food and a miracle happened. See, the reality is really... If we want to see the M1 corridor affected for Jesus, for change for Jesus, if we want to see a generation change, if you want to see Mansfield change, if you want to see your workplace change, if I can be honest with you, you've not got the talents to do it. I've not got the talents to do it. Thousands of people aren't going to find Jesus because I've worked people up and I've gone crazy on stage. They're not. Thousands of people aren't going to get saved just because the band have done a really cool song. Thousands of people get saved when we submit what we have, the little we have. Sure, we've got talents. And I'm not talking about false humility and denying what we've got. You know, God's given, us all, uh, given all of us talents. But miracles happen when people come to Jesus and say, this is what I have. Oh, this is what I have. Take it. Use it. Do what only you can do with it. we can get a church to do that if we as a church can do that if we as a church can say God I'm not so bothered about getting the glory anymore God I'm not so bothered about me being in control anymore I'm more bothered about you doing what you want to do if we as a church can do that we'll see a generation changed you see I have a bugbear with people praying for revival for a nation it's a good thing I do it. But I think sometimes when we pray for revival for a nation, it takes us out of the picture a little bit. Where are the people who are going to start praying for a revival in the workplace? Where are the people who are going to start praying for a revival in the family? A revival in that school? Let's bring it right back down to earth. Let's bring it right to the heart of where we are, where we can actually do something. The nation's great. Let's pray for a revival in the nation. But let's first pray for a revival in our workplace. Let's first, what, Just imagine the impact of if you prayed every single day for God to move powerfully in your work. Imagine. That'd be incredible. It'd be incredible. I mean, our gifts, our talents, our efforts can only go a short way. But when we, when we submit them to Jesus, when we bring them to Him in prayer... He can do anything with it. What happened? He took the nothing, like the, the five loaves, the two fish, the little that they had, and he split it, and he distributed it, so it reached thousands of people. Does anyone want that over their life? Does anyone want that? Come on, if you want it tonight, you better start responding, because Jesus wants to give it you tonight. Jesus wants to take your little that you have, and he wants to use it to change a generation. He wants to use it to change your family. Is there anyone tonight who wants that? Because I want it. I want to be used by God so powerfully that I can't get the glory for it. It's something that I say to the universe and the meeting place team a lot. I want people to look on at us and say, what the heck? How the heck? How the heck have they done that? There's this, this nothing special about this. I, I've said to the guys many times, God's not going to use us because we're special. We're no more special than the next person, than the next there's nothing special about us, really. He's got
going to use us because we submitted what we had to him. He's going to use us because we laid our, our lives down for him. We said, Jesus, take all I have. Jesus, you know that more of me, less of you. That's not just a song. Sorry, more of you, less of me. That's not just a song we sing. That's got to be a lifestyle we live. a vision that only God can get the glory for I don't want a vision that I can get the glory for I want people to look on here look on this church in Mansfield I want people to look at you and say how the heck did they do that they're not that influential they're not they're not great speakers they're not that, that great musicians testimony is this that Jesus took what you had you gave it to Jesus and he used it in a way that you could never use it he did things, he pulled things out of you that you could never pull out yourself let me just finish this up this uh, passage of scripture verse 12 when they had all had enough to eat he said to his disciples gather the pieces that are left over let nothing be wasted. So they gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. Now listen to this. After the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Surely this is the prophet who is to come into the world. Who got the glory? Was it Philip? Was it Andrew? Was it the little boy who brought what he had? It was Jesus. I believe that when you bring what you have to Jesus, and this is my challenge a few people, because if you're bothered about getting the glory because Jesus used your fish, you're in the wrong place. He won't get used. Jesus is going to get the glory, friend. If you, if you say, I want this great ministry and I, I want to do this and I want to do that, I want to change your generation because you want to get the glory for it, I think he's going to have to break you first. I honestly feel when I was writing this message, I was sat in my room on Thursday night and I felt that some people had dropped their vision, dropped their dream because they stopped at I have nothing. I believe there's people around this room tonight that God's asking you to do maybe something crazy. And you've dropped it because you stopped at I have nothing. You see, this can't stop at I have nothing. It has to move on to God has all I need. And in a second, you're going to have a chance to respond because God wants you to pick that vision up again tonight. He wants you to get back out of the box. He wants you to get back out of the boat. He wants you to step into all all that he's got for you he wants to take your gifts your talents and do something quite special with them can we stand to our feet church we're going to sing for a second and then we're going to